Hey guys, this is Jennifer from The Shooter's Mindset. We are live with episode 351. We've got our co-host here, Greg Cannon. How's it going? Hey everyone. And we have our guest of the hour, Dan McNamee. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good, thank you. All right, he's here from Two Vets Tripod. So we're going to talk all kinds of tripods, which PRS should love to use now. Um, there, I've seen, I actually saw a meme I can't remember what it was this week. It was something about tripods and shooters out West. But anyway, it was uh, one of the meme pages. I don't remember which one, I'll have to find it. But anyway, for those that are unfamiliar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into competitive shooting. So I own uh, two vets tripods, obviously, and uh, got into shooting a couple of years ago, just had couple good friends of mine that really recommended getting in the sport. Um, I basically was a USPSA IDPA shooter for a while and I kind of wanted to expand my skill set to say. So I basically went out, started shooting PRS and started doing some uh, local and club matches and kind of really fell in love with the sport. And uh, one of the things in particular gear wise that I was just super unsure of was tripods. I mean, everybody kind of had answers about, you know, firearms and stuff like that. So as I progressed in my shooting career, we'll say, um, essentially I got involved with tripods and offering them to customers and kind of helping everybody along the way. So. That's awesome. So I think I've learned that most shooting, uh, companies start out of necessity like people uh, have a need and they want to get things cheaper. And so they're like, huh, why don't, why don't I just make it? And then they make it for themselves and they're like, huh, I could probably like sell these. I could probably make a business out of it. <laughs> Is that yeah, kind of, and that's, yeah. And that's, that's definitely the line that I kind of, I kind of fell into, um, you know, as I progressed in the sport, I mean, I started out with a Ruger American predator, then moved into a Ruger RPR, then, you know, started in FL and started selling, you know, chassis and triggers and stuff like that. And tripods for me was kind of one of those things that they're just, there wasn't a lot of cost affordable options out there. So that's kind of where it started to, kind of faster for me to create a business um offering tripods and shooters and yeah it's it's kind of funny how that works to be honest with you yeah it's amazing uh how necessity is the invention so it used to be two vets sporting goods we see the beautiful sign behind you it used to be sporting goods but it's no longer sporting goods now it's two vets tripods correct yeah so you know, with the, when we were selling, uh, chassis, optics, triggers and stuff like that, uh, we obviously sporting goods was more of our main direction. Um, it was something that more was in line with the business that we were doing. And over the past two years, we've definitely emphasized that tripods are what we're in the market to sell. So we figured it was time for a name change and would help differentiate, uh, you know, us to the customer and let them know kind of really what we do. So. Sweet. So it's called two vets, but yep. there's so. <laughs> correct. So initially, two vets sporting goods started with two veterans, uh, a friend of mine who was 
uh, active in the army. He was active national guard. And, uh, essentially we ended up wanting to go two different paths. Um, through that, we kind of separated ways, uh, two vet sporting goods was already, you know, basically started. And, uh, one of the things that obviously the name was there, which helped, you know, everybody know who we were. And a lot of people referred to us as two vets. So we kept the name and part of with the name is we do do a lot of, you know, veteran LEO active military, um, first responder discounts with us being a company. And we want people to know that that is something that we offer. So I feel like with the name, uh, we do get a lot of veterans that purchase through us. And then also with that, we also do offer a discount to them and they're not afraid to ask for the discount. So it's something that we give out because we believe that they definitely, um, it's something that, I mean, it's the right thing to do. I mean, they're serving us, so we got to serve them and give that, give it back to them and help them out the best we can. So that's awesome. I think, uh, everybody likes to get behind companies that, uh, support the sport and support the shooters. Uh, I think it goes a long way that, you know, working with people, it really helps. Um, yeah. Huh. There. Now I can see everybody. Sorry, I couldn't see everybody. I was like, what is going on? Um, Greg, do we have any lives? Oh, uh, let me scroll over there and see. Uh, we waved hi to Prentice already. Uh, Kevin from GSL Suppressor said hi. Ashley Wink said hi. Eric said, hey, Danny, fix the aspect ratio. <laughs> I think it. Are having some issues getting set up in your uh, your first your yes. brand new studio you got going on there? You're having some issues getting set up in your uh, your yes. first. So we were shooting a video and uh, one of the funny things is, is I'm, I'm definitely not a videographer, but I try to learn as much as I can. And, uh, the aspect ratio of the video was kind of a little bit off. So it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, we're working on getting it fixed and I think we got to address, we'll be putting out some further videos down the road to see if we can uh, fix that problem. Let's say your, uh, your setup looks pretty good now. Uh, Rudy wants yeah. to know if any of your tripods come mated with the ball head already. What's that? Sorry. Do any of your tripods come pre-mated with a ball head? No, so that's not that's not something we offer. Um, and the reason I don't do that is because my, you know, I invite everybody to give us a call uh, and help find the best tripod and ball head for their application, depending on where they live. So, you know, if they live somewhere that's flat, they're shooting, you know, less than 15 degrees of pan and tilt, so that uh, leveling head might be something that works a little bit better for them than a ball head and offer a little bit better stability. So we don't sell kits, um, but we are more than happy to talk to pretty much anybody and help find them the best tripod and head for their application and use, so. That makes sense. This way you could kind of customize exactly what, what you want versus like, oh, you know, I really wish I could buy these two together. Or Correct. Yeah, and I mean, and if you get, if you get, a customer that has a, you know, say 25 pound rifle and they're trying to buy a smaller ball head or a smaller tripod that won't, 
you know, won't handle that. I, I don't want to put people in that position. The biggest thing to me is a happy customer. And I want somebody that I can explain to them, Hey, you know, this ball head's a little bit too small. We should probably step you up or this tripod, you know, what are you, what are you looking to do with this tripod? And that way I can help tailor fit to what they need to do. That's awesome. I know when I was looking at tripods at first, before I had played with a lot of them, I didn't know what to get. So I think it's cool that you talk to people and like explain it. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. And people were saying, oh, the anvil, oh, the, the ball head, oh, the, the, and I was like, I don't know what any of those are. <laughs> <laughs> I just need the one that's easy to uh, maneuver with little hands. Yeah, yeah. And I've, and I've had it, I mean, I've had it happen. I've had customers call me up, you know, pick a model of tripod that we offer. And I talk to them and, you know, find out their use and application is very different from the tripod that they're looking to order. And we've had lengthy conversations. I mean, I'll give you, for instance, I had one customer call me up. I spent an hour on the phone with him, um, explaining to him why one tripod would be better than the other. And it was, you know, it was twice the price point. And, he ended up buying the one that I recommended and he just basically after he got in still this day, I mean, six, seven months later, he still messages me telling me he loves it. And he's, you know, he's happy that we had that conversation, which to me is, you know, it's important. I want, I want a happy customer. I don't want somebody that's going to be upset with what they're purchasing. So. That's one of the awesome things about some of the smaller to medium sized companies, you know, like I'm sure I would, learn a whole lot more calling you and asking questions about, you know, Hey, I'm looking to buy a tripod for this versus if I called Remington and I'm like, Hey, I need a rifle. You know, be like, yeah, we have a lot of them. Go to the website, choose one. But just being able to, you know, speak with somebody that truly knows the ins and outs of every little bit of the tripod. Like that's, that's a huge advantage. Yeah. And that's, you know, to me, that's, that's a super important thing for me as the business. You know, I, I don't, I don't want you to go order our smallest, cheapest tripod and, you know, run it for something that it doesn't meet its applications. I would rather have somebody save or ask questions or, you know, pretty much feel free to give us a call email. I mean, I'll answer the phone whenever emails, whenever, and just make sure that we're going to have somebody that's going to be happy and not disappointed at the end of the day. I think it's great too that they're um, talking to a shooter. That's yeah. A world of difference to call and talk to a shooter and be able to say like, I'm going to be shooting this type of match or that type of match. And you understand. I mean, today I was trying to explain to the man in the shoe store exactly what mammoth is. And, and he was like, <laughs> you're going to do what? So imagine if I was like calling for a tripod and I was like, I'm gonna be shooting this match called Mammoth and I need your lightest tripod. And you're like, what? So it's, it's just really good that you're in the sport, you're involved, you understand all of those, you know, the difference between NRL Hunter versus a PRS match, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, I had a buddy when I, when I first started getting involved in, in business in general, in the shooting industry, I mean, I didn't shoot as much as I wanted to because my life didn't allow me to. And uh, he, he called me up one day and he's like, listen, man, he's like, if you want to do this, he's like, you got to start shooting and, you know, you got, you really got to start getting involved. And I did. And it got me to a point where, 
you know, like you said, when somebody calls me up and they say, Hey, I'm training for mammoth or, Hey, this is my application. This is what I'm looking to do. We can tailor fit that tripod to your needs. Now, if you call me and you say, Hey, I got a, you know, a Sony camera, this, this, and I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, that's just for me, it's a, you know, we, we cover the shooting sports. We don't cover really anything else other than that. So. That's awesome. Yeah, we have lots of happy customers over in the in the comments right now. Um, Caleb, like you should read what Caleb typed, but basically he said he's an outfitter and a guide, um, and he basically lives on a tripod. And which one of the tripods is it? The No Name Junior. He said it's basically became part of him. He's in love with that thing. Yeah, and that's you know it it's how I've always done business. You know, it's, it's something that I believe in because, you know, like one of the, one of the things that we talk about at the end of the day is just making sure that the tripod meets the application and use and expectation of a customer. What are the lives you got, Greg? Um, Joe wants to know if there's been any thoughts on a two or a four-legged version. Of course, Joe would. Um, yeah, so we we have some things in the works. Um, we're working on a couple models towards the end of the year um, just to kind of make some improvements and some refinements to some of our tripods. So we got some exciting things in the pipeline, and I think everybody's going to be pretty happy with what we come out with uh, towards the end of the year, so awesome if you would have had it before uh, if you had a two-legged version before la this month's nrl 22 course of fire i'm sure people would have bought it just to shoot one stage there was a uh, yeah. reverse rooftop and uh you know there's there's gear restrictions in, in nrl 22 such as no tripods and uh people were getting very very uh gamerish with it i know Apparently somebody went and what he said is that he built a big bipod, but actually it sounds more like he broke a tripod. He just took a leg oh, or shoot. something. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And that's game that, yeah, I was going to say that's, that, that's, that's really game in it at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, tripods, tripods have been, utilizing the sport very widely um i watched <laughs> i watched morgan king use one of our qdts and like that dude i don't i mean i don't know if you've ever personally met him he's probably one of the most humble people i've ever met in my life he, he's phenomenal shooter excellent sportsman i mean and i watched him deploy our qdt and clean a stage faster than anybody else using it and it was just it was insane but that's part of you know, for me, feedback from shooters is kind of how we go about, you know, moving forward through our business. So, yeah, he is one one hell of a shooter. That's that's for sure. Yeah. And who would like take a veterinary exam and then fly to a match and win it, and then fly back home without even staying for awards because he had another exam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boy, yeah. Easy. I say there, yeah, no, it's uh, go ahead, Greg. I was about to say, there's some people with just like 
I, I don't know how they do it. Like, I feel like no. a big exam, especially like a medical exam like that, like I would be like locked in my room studying for like a week before. Then also, if I'm going to shoot a major match, like that week is devoted to that match. I'm packing, I'm getting ready, I'm, you know, making sure I remember to put the bolt in my rifle and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, I mean, I don't, I can't get past the jet lag part. I mean, I've done a lot of traveling since I've started a business and I have a lot, I have a lot more planned for this year and I'm just, it takes me like a week to recover, man. I don't know how guys do that. It's crazy. It's definitely. So what sets apart your company from the other tripod companies in the market? I know there's a ton of them. Um, I know one company came out with a carbon fiber tripod, you know, and, and then it, it just seemed like a lot of other ones have. I think even the ball heads have really evolved with the sport right. um, where there's so many options now. It used to be there was only one option and now there's a lot of options, um, a lot of companies out there. So what sets two vets apart from the other ones? Well, first and foremost, like, you know, like we talked about, I mean, we're, we're a shooting tripod company. We're not a photography company. I don't, you know, basically any of the gear that we put out is tested very rigorously through people that I trust that are using and utilizing tripods at least a couple of days a week to everyday use. Um, so something, anything that we put to market is very rigorously tested, real world tested in all different environments and aspects in different parts of, you know, of the U.S., um, the other part of it is, is, I mean, we do, we handle customer service very differently. So I encourage anybody and everybody in past and previous customers can probably attest this to give me a call, you know, shoot me an email, any questions that you have, I mean, Facebook, Instagram, any of those, shoot me a message and let me help you make sure that you have the best tripod for your use and application. And that's very that's very hard for a lot of people because a lot of people, I mean, I know when I first started in the PRS industry, like if I wanted to reach out to anybody, it's very hard to get the person on the other end of the phone to answer the question being in your shoes. Um, so, I mean, I've been in a lot of shooter shoes. I, I have a very good of what they're very good idea of what they're talking about and what they're looking for application wise. So, you know, the customer service is one of those things that I really kind of pride myself as a company on. And then the other part is, you know, we try to really stay uh, budget conscious on, you know, what we offer to our customers and making sure that it's affordable to everybody. That's awesome. Greg, you're muted. I'm muted. I know I'm muted. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kind of talk through some of the different models that you guys have and kind of some of the advantages of each of them. Yeah, so um, we kind of have a we have models for different applications and different uses. Um, you know, we have everything from the no name junior to the rook, which really kind of fits the hunting aspect, the backwoods, backcountry. They're super lightweight. They're super packable. They're you know easy to strap on the side of your pack, carry in for miles, and you're not going to be too concerned. Then we move up into the progression of the kit. The kit, in my opinion, is a hybrid of the guy that wants something to shoot his PRS matches, to spot off of, to potentially shoot off of, 
but also have something to backwoods backcountry with. We have the no name in the 40, which are kind of, as to say, the OG models. Um, they're really good entry-level PRS tripods. And then once we move into the QDT and the Recon, um, the Recon is more of a, a PRS gaming tripod, fairly packable, 20 and a half inches, 5.6 pounds. And then we have the QDT, which is, I call it the big boy, 39 inches collapsed. And it is just, it's a monster, um, but it's really good for working barricades and all those other stuff. So. So if somebody was really insane and going to shoot mammoth, which one would I need? I would probably recommend either the ruck or the kit. And it really just boils down to your weight and what you figure is packable for you and what you figure is too heavy. So everything, I mean, at the end of the, what's that? Everything at this point is too heavy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel you. I feel you there. Trust me. If I can make a one pound, like little tiny, you know, but no, that's, you know, that's, that's one of the things that after mammoths, I'd like to hear, you know, if you, if you run a smaller tripod, if you run something that's larger, you know, what would you change? Because that feedback to me is important as a company of helping me make a better tripod for you in the future. That's awesome. So out of all these tripods, if there's just one tripod that you think that, uh, that can meet a shooter's needs, whether it be for hunting or PRS shooting, what, which one would you say? So if it really goes into, you know, there's a bunch of different variables of it, but I think the kit at the end of the day is a tripod that we kind of really, we, we worked around trying to give a combination of stability and keeping it lightweight, you know, lightweight enough at, you know, right around three pounds to carry in backwards back country and small enough overall circumference wise and length wise that it straps on the side of your pack very easily, but sturdy enough to shoot off of in a PRS application. I mean, I don't think, I think everybody will tell you, you know, tripod shooting to me and how I see it is really an art. And uh, I mean, whether you got really big tubes or, or a really small or big tripod, it, it's, it's still complicated at the end of the day. So it just takes a lot of practice, but I think the kit is a really good hybrid tripod. It definitely seems like it checks most of the boxes. So yeah. a couple lines we have, uh, Francis said shooting off the QDT is like shooting off of a rock. Yeah, we've done some, uh, we've done some pretty crazy things. So I was out, I was out at a sniper challenge out in Texas and I don't recommend this. I'm just going to say this publicly. I don't recommend anybody do this. But I had one of my buddies about six foot five, 350 pounds, and we, he took the QDT, locked collars up, extended it and hung on the inside of it in front of like 45 people. And I was sitting there and I was like, okay, but we overbuilt it. And, you know, part of that is, is, is just figuring what a shooter is going to do. I mean, figuring if it's going to fall down five flights of stairs, that it's going to you know, it's going to stand the test of time and withstand the use and abuse of, of being abused. I mean, Chris way that dude there, man, he could break anything. I mean, he's, he can, I swear you give him a rock, he'll break it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's somebody that, I mean, he runs his gear hard and I mean, I'm happy to say he runs our gear and 
I mean, he loves it. And it, it means the world to me because it's somebody that's using the tripod every day. And I take the feedback that I hear from everybody else. And that's, that's kind of what helps us move forward in the future and give a better tripod. So. And speaking of Chris, he said, uh, what sets you guys apart is your customer service. And also Jen, he said that he's taking the recon to Mammoth. Yeah, he's a lot bigger than me. I need little. <laughs> Literally everybody there is a lot bigger than you. Here, you, do you want to borrow this? <laughs> the, re, the recon to me, that's like my go-to. That's that's the tripod that like sleeps in my bed with me when I go everywhere. I it's it's truthfully, it's it's the tripod that I looked at and I was like, you know what, I don't know how I can do it any better, but I think we're gonna we're traveling down a path where we can make it a little bit better and, and that's what we're working towards. But yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. I really am. Let's say uh Dave pretty much agreed with what you just said. He said the QDT is real nice, but he he likes the recon for all around. Yeah, like I said, I mean it, it's it's really it's really a use a use and application at the end of the day, just figuring out what's going to work best for a shooter. And that's, that's why I enjoy having those conversations with customers, you know, because somebody will call me up and it's like, I want the most stable and I'll talk to them and we'll go over specs of like the QDT to the recon to, you know, the donate and we'll go all through every single tripod. And at the end of the day, we'll figure, you know, we find the best and I'll say, Oh, you like QDT. Right. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, all right, 39 inches. And they're like, yeah, that's a little too long. And I'm like, okay. Well, here's our next option. So customer service to me is like the biggest thing that we do. You know, that's, that's something I pride myself on. Well, and I like that you say you want to hear back. Like you want to hear what is good. There are some companies that want to hear that. And there's some companies that don't want to hear that. I mean, I've had companies sponsor me. Gosh, I've been shooting, what, eight years now between USPSA, 3Gun, and this. And I've had some companies that I would tell them, like when I work with a company, like, I will not give you bad press. Yep. However, if I have bad thoughts about your product, I'm going to tell you about them because you need to make them better. Like, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to lie, but I'm not going to go blast you on Facebook if something's bad. But I'll definitely come to you and be like, hey, I think we need to fix this. This is not working or, you know, whatever. And there are some people that did not want to hear it. And I'd be like, okay, well, if I feel that way, you probably have a lot of people that feel that way, but okay, you go ahead and just stay stuck in your ways. So I think it's really great that you say that you want to hear like what works and what doesn't work so you can make the product better. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, from a company perspective, it, it's very hard because, you know, you're, you're taking and like I tell everybody, you know, Hey, let me know what you love. Let me know what you Hey, let me know, you know, and there's some realistic things and then there's some really unrealistic things. And I mean, like when it comes down to, you know, I've had conversations with people and they're like, Hey, I'd really love a 31 inch tripod, but I, I need it to go up to 65 inches. And I'm like, well, that's physically impossible. Like we can't shove magical carbon fiber up in there. So when you pull it, so, you know, we take the constructive criticism and we kind of, we figure it back. Like I had a conversation with a friend of mine today and we were talking about, you know, we're talking about one of our tripods and some refinements we wanted to make. And I was like, Hey man, you know, when you do your next class, I'll, I need heights. I need heights of every shooter, you know, every shooter that you shoot. 
and then, you know, hip to sternum heights and hip to eye height. And then that'll help me down the road, figure out where our average shooters are, figure out what our average, you know, what's too much or what's too little and what we can do to change that and make it better for the shooter. So it's just one of those things that, you know, we don't do crazy lab testing and, you know, we do real world testing. Um, I'll give you an example. I was out and I was out doing a predator hunt with a friend of mine. And I said to him, I go, Hey, you've, you've heard of my company, right? He goes, yeah. And we were up in a tower and it was like 25 feet in the air. And, uh, I said, you, you've heard of my tripods, right? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, okay. So I take it and I literally took tripod and I threw it 25 feet off the tower. And he looked at me like his eyes were like dinner plates. And cause this was a tripod that was his. And I grabbed it and I threw it right off the tower. We got down and I said, here, check it out. And he checked it out, used it and has been using it for the last year and no complaints. And he's just, you know, I do crazy testing. Some of it is really just out of the box, but at the end of the day, I mean, like, it's just the stuff that I hear from people that we have tests. I had a friend of mine call me, he dropped one off like 30 feet off side of a cliff and called me up and he's like, yeah, it still works though. I'm like, Oh boy. But <laughs> wow. You got to, you, you have to foresee that or at least test for it because at the end of the day, I, I want somebody to be happy. You know, I don't, this is hard earned money for a lot of people. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're out there where you put your money is very important to you. So, you know, I want it to be in a product that you believe in and that's going to work. So. That is awesome. You, you never like in my line of work, it never ceases to amaze me the different ways that people find to, to break stuff. You know, sharing a picture with you before the show of what happens when you drive a forklift at full speed into a building column. So yeah. overbuilding is kind of in my, in my blood. Uh, Chris said that he thinks he needed to, to develop a uh, recon suspended tent so that you can like, maybe maybe more of like a hammock that you can uh, swing from under the tripod on. I've done it. We've done it. I can't say it was the greatest idea in the world, but uh, yeah, I, we've, we've done it. I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff with tripods, but that's one of the things with, you know, doing those you know, doing matches where you're camping out and stuff like that, you can utilize a tripod to hang your tent, hang a tarp, you know, there, there's, there's all different crazy, I mean, applications and uses for it. So, so here, here was one of my ideas, like, you know, generally when I set up, like, I don't want people to trip over my backpack or anything like that, you know, guns go in a line all together, but then, you know, you got your backpack and all your crap and you kind of stick it underneath your tripod and, you know, you make your, little office table going on here but when it starts to rain it's like man you know i got a nice cover for my my rifle that goes actually i take that back it's a piece of plastic that i kind of formed with a heat sealer but that's besides the point the rifle stays dry but then everything underneath it it's it gets wet and like a a a dress or a tent like i could almost see i could almost guarantee you that if there was something like that at some point in time jennifer would be cuddled up underneath the tripod in a little ball I, hey, it'd be a good way to get the green. I, I couldn't fit. I can't, I can't even say it wouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, and I've talked to people about making something like that. I mean, I don't, I don't sell or anything like that. So it's really hard for me to, but yeah, it's, it's just, everybody's so crazy right now with, 
I mean, just moving in and out of seasons and stuff like that. Like we're moving into a busy season right now. And it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Just trying to keep up with supply and demand and everything. It's, it's nuts. So I'm sure in your line of work, you see people do lots of crazy things with tripods and, you know, we all know you can put your, your gun on it or your spotter or your binos on it, or, you know, use it as a rear support. What's some of the, maybe not craziest, but what's kind of some of the niftiest things that you've seen people do with tripods that you wouldn't think of? So, I mean, the hammock thing was definitely one of them, um, you know, using them to hang tarps and stuff like that. That's kind of another thing, but from a shooting aspect, I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't train from unbalanced position. So like taking legs and sprawling legs out over to, you know, tables and barricades where you're shooting off of a leg and utilizing a leg a little bit differently. Um, you know, that's, that's a really good training aspect. I mean, I've used mine as a chair sometimes. I mean, yeah, it's been, I can't even, I mean, we basically, I mean, I've seen people have used them for laser levels for their houses when they're hanging pictures and stuff like that. So I, I just finished do, doing my master bathroom. And as yeah. I was putting the tiles up, I'm like, if I only had something that was infinitely adjustable that I could set this laser on and put a line here. And then I was like, tripod. Uh, it's not within arm's reach. So I got kind of a, a tack table. It's a piece of Lexan, $2 Arca clamp on the bottom of it that I sat my laser level on top of and adjusted the height. That was really nice. Um, yeah. And I mean, one of, and one of the other things is, is, um, you know, like I, I use mine as a Christmas tree in the office. During Christmas time. <laughs> I've like, I'll put it up on my desk and I'll wrap it with Christmas lights and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I, I've had people send me pictures of kids having like they same thing. They do tents over the tripods for um, for their kids. You know, it, it's cool, though. I get to see that's the type of customers that I love. I get to see so many different like I was on Facebook the other day and um, one of the guys on there is kid actually got two deer with one of my tripods. And like, to me, that's awesome. I mean, I think that's like, he had to have that moment with his dad and I got to be a part of it. Somebody just sent me a, a picture the other day of they shot off of a tripod to do their gender reveal. I mean, it's cool, man. It's, I, I, I don't even know what to say, you know? I use my tripod to clean my gun because I never have enough table space and trying to figure out like I might be in a hotel room. And so I'll just snap it in there and angle it down, you know, with the ball head, and then I can run patches through it, and it works great. That where I take yeah. it out and look at the moon through my gun in the backyard and scare the neighbors off the tripod. <laughs> and you can see the rings of Saturn with your scope and the moons of Jupiter. Just saying, if you put it on a tripod and you get it real steady and real still and you look and you don't disturb it, you can see them. That's funny. I I, I personally, I put, I got so many, I mean, obviously I have so many tripods in my office, but like I'll put guns in my office and, and literally that's my, uh, you know, that's my showcase. Like I just walk into my office, I have my guns and my tripods and it's, it's cool. I love it. It's, it's awesome. I hear they're also quite useful in swimming pools. Yeah. So that was really fun. I'm not going to lie. If you've never shot a gun well in a swimming pool, 
there is no better ask just make sure your spike feet aren't on there so <laughs> yeah yeah luckily i didn't make that mistake but i can only imagine somebody would to be honest with you so now particularly on your tripods like and this is a, a valid question like will i mess anything up if i just take the whole thing and dunk it in water is there a particular you know is there something in there that's not stainless or um so i don't i personally haven't had any concerns and i've done some pretty stupid stuff with my tripods to be honest with you um it, I mean, there's vent tubes and stuff like that to drain all the water out and, you know, to make sure that you're getting all the water out of the tubes and you're not going to cause any damage. But um, I haven't had them. I haven't had or found a situation where any water has really done any damage. I mean, I've dunked my stuff in streams and swimming pools and all types of stuff. So. muted that's one thing i was very concerned about i was like that looks like awesome but i'm so scared to take my tripod and dunk it in the pool but it's good to know if i had a two vets and i wouldn't have had any issues you want to have a pool party with your buddies get all your tripods out and put them in the pool <laughs> but that's just that's that's part of the company dynamic honestly you know it is just making having fun i don't want somebody to call me up and it'd be a bland conversation and it'd be a, you know, I want them to have fun. I want them to feel confident. I want them to know that I'm here to help them. I don't, you know, as a company for me, I mean, I love what I do every single day and I'm fortunate to do that. And it just, it makes it when somebody calls me or has questions, it, it, it's not a bother. It's not a hindrance. It's not, I'm not somebody working an eight to five job. I'm somebody that this is, this is my living. This is what I do. And I love what I do. So it doesn't, it's enjoyable, you know? And I think that's, that's a huge difference to me. Um, you know, because I've called, I mean, I've, I've had to call UPS and FedEx and DHL and all other types of companies. And you can tell the people that hate their job and the people that love their job. And when people don't love their job. Yeah. My UPS. Uh, does not they don't love their job <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you a quick funny story so i have a range behind my house and i think every single one of my ups drivers and people can attest this because i put it on my personal facebook page they've come to my house and we've taken a gun and we've gone on my back porch and we've i've let them fire rounds out to 550 yards that's awesome and yeah and and it's you know, that's the thing. Somebody's having a bad day. They're stressed out. Like the last kid, I just had him here. He's been a new driver. I let him shoot a 22. And he like, honestly, he went from looking miserable when he got here to leaving with a smile on his face. He's like, oh, I got to take a video. You know, I, I'd never been so close to a sniper rifle. And <laughs> it was just, it was funny. It was funny, but it changed his day and it made it better. And that was, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, Brandon wants to know if there's anything in the works for a lighter ball head to match your new lighter tripod designs. So there's always something in the works. We'll put it that way. We're always working on something, but yes, we are, we are working on a new head. Um, and I, and you know, this is conversations that I've talked to you about a little bit, um, you know, with the labor shortages all through everywhere and material shortages, stuff like that. It definitely has slowed things down a little bit 
it's a little bit behind the ball of where we would like to be, but we still are on track to be pushing towards, you know, coming out with a new ball head, coming out with some new tripods. I mean, it's, it's always, we're, we're always going to try to improve and move forward, you know, and it's just, that's important. That really is. And I can definitely fully verify the fact that developing or coming up with anything new right now is absolutely horrible, but you know, all you can do is keep, keep trucking. Yeah. And I mean, and it's not, it's not as simple. I mean, and I'm not somebody to just throw something right in the market. I mean, we basically, we engineer, we print, we prototype, we take back prototype, we figure out what we need to change. We get user feedback, we beat and destroy what we're doing. And then if it stands the test of time, then we'll bring it to market. But there's a process there. And I'm not, I don't want to cut corners of the process to try to be the first to the market. I want to, at the end of the day, um, I want to the end of the day, you know, just push forward and innovate and move forward and just try to be the best company possible, you know? Yeah, that is. And that definitely seems to be very, very apparent in, you know, looking at all the new products you guys have coming out and talking with you. Um, Eric asked, he said, does all of this come from China? Mind you, he's not a China hater as long as you maintain a good quality control. So, well, basically we'll go, we'll go on the short answer. No. So parts come from different parts of different countries. We don't source everything out of China. Um, essentially there's always a fine line. Everybody wants to know, you know, so Essentially, our QC process is very good. It's checked QC through our factory, then it's checked through us when it gets here. But no, it does not come from China. Now, the other part of the question that we'll get into and that I'm, I'm free to discuss if anybody wants to discuss it, but at the end of the day, the, the, huge, the huge factor for me is being affordable to a customer. Mm -hmm. If I make a product and you can't afford it or it's not in a budget, it's not in a budgetary, you know, purpose for you at the end of the day, if you can't afford it, it's no good to you. So when I first started in the shooting industry, you know, there was very limited options. When I started, there was really cheap options. And then there was really, really expensive options. There was nothing in between for the middleman. Mm -hmm. So that's where we kind of came in and we wanted to fulfill. Now, obviously making that in the U S it's a very different price point than where it is making it overseas. But the quality, you know, the factories that we have working for us and they're basically top notch. I mean, we make sure that what we're putting out is, you know, everything that we get and we're putting out to market that a customer is going to be satisfied with and that's affordable to them, you know? So, I mean, I used to work at FedEx, UPS. I mean, I've, I've, your, your favorite college mug comes from China. I mean, your keychain for your favorite college team comes from there. It's, it's a hard, I don't think people really realize how much comes from over there, but we are working on a U.S. production line coming forward for all the people that want a U.S. produced tripod. Um, it will be in a different price bracket. But, you know, we're, we're looking to fulfill that need and, and bring some manufacturing here to the U.S. So, yeah. And as, as somebody that's, you know, literally survives off of the fact that stuff is manufactured in the United States. You know, I'm an automation engineer in a factory here in Georgia, um, but I fully understand the fact that everything cannot be made in the USA. You know, even yeah. 
uh i can't really talk about that but yeah um you know sometimes there's, <laughs> it's just it's not practical to make here in the states yet because there's you know i'm sure that there's numerous places in china that you know are is a facility designed to make carbon fiber tubes yeah and i and and i think everybody's perception is is you know <sighs> sweatshop like kids work and like that that's not the factories that we have working for us and that's that'll never that'll never be anything that i would tolerate as a company and being affordable is something that at the end of the day you know is it can you spend six hundred dollars on a tripod or do you want to spend twelve thirteen hundred dollars in tripod for the people that have it and want to spend it i completely understand 100 percent. but for the guy that's working at you know, Monroe making $18 an hour or working at a factory, you know, making $21 an hour. We try to be an affordable option and a quality option at that to offer to a customer. You know, these are designed over here. It's a veteran owned company. You know, this is all stuff to us that we are pushing towards. It's just, it's taking time getting there because of everything that's so crazy in the world right now. Mm -hmm. Fully agree. So um, Dave said, A, that he now lives underneath his two vets tripod because he's poor and that you should go over the new adapter plate for the anvil heads. The new adapter plate. Oh, so basically, you know, the anvil is a very popular option and I don't have any hard feelings about it. I think it's one of the better heads on the market, um, to be honest with you. It's, it's a really good option for a customer. So if you do decide to go that route, um, essentially with our tripods, we have a 75 millimeter opening inside of there. The adapter plate is a plate specific for the locking ring inside of our tripod. So every company has different tolerances that they work off of, different locking ring heights. With these plates, they're specified to our tripods to make sure that that bowl locks steady into our tripods. And then you put your anvil on top of it. So essentially your anvil goes in the bowl, the bowl goes into the tripod, and that's probably the easiest way to answer that question that's awesome i know the you know if somebody happens to have not the strongest fingers that an anvil might be right for them right (laughs) it it really is like you know for for me this this big ball head you know where i gotta turn knobs and this and that the other thing like i got I, i got really big hands so it's it's no problem but i know that you know that was something that literally was a game changer for Jen when she went over that where it's just like oh all I got to do is move this little lever here well yeah. I was small and I really did have a hard time and then I'd go to a match and somebody would come and use my binos or what which is fine but they would tighten it back down to their comfort which I couldn't then undo and so then I'm sitting there with my tripod stuck in one position because can't get it off and I'd have to find some like can you loosen this I can't get it open you know yeah and that's and that's even something that you know is part of a new head that we're in the works with is is having a feature that because that is a feature that a lot of a lot of potential customers like and enjoy but you know at the end of the day it all boils down to again cost ability and savings and making sure that you know your wife doesn't put you in the doghouse because you just bought something so at the end of the day, you know, the cost affordable, you know, if you can go in and say, Hey, honey, I just spent 600 bucks or Hey, honey, I just spent 12, $1,300. That's going to dictate whether you're eating ramen noodles and living in the doghouse or if you're sleeping in your own bedroom. So 
but you have a tripod you can live under at that point. That, there you go. That's, Throw a tarp that, right over it. You'll be good to go. That's that's a good that's a good option as well. Not gonna lie. So, what do you say to people who say that tripods are, are not applicable to real world shooting or not practical? I think at the end of the day that tripods used in application have come a long way in the last couple of years. You know the the industry. I remember when I first got into, you know, PRS light rifles were the best thing that, you know, basically everybody was after light rifles and everybody was after a heavy rifle. And then everybody went back to light and heavy. Well, the same aspect goes with the tripod, you know, in the hunting industry, primarily people, you know, use tripods just for glassing. But as time has progressed, people have understood that, hey, now we have tripods that are strong enough that we can shoot off of. Now we have a tripod that's light enough that we can strap it on the side of our pack and we can bring it out west with us and carry it around for four days. And it's it's definitely gonna have its use and application. So I think in the real world, tripods meet the needs and use and applications of a lot more people than people give it, you know, people give credit for. Um, and even anything from you know the PRS industry, rear, you know, rear rest. I mean, it's always a progression of the sport and trying to stay up with the progression of the sport. So I think they can be used a lot more than you know people people give them credit for. So I agree with you on that. I think it's funny people that say it's not real world whenever I mean snipers are using tripods. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say I have yeah. that uh do sniper things and you know i'll be scrolling through facebook or instagram and all of a sudden there's a picture of a tripod and a game changer and you know all these other unpractical things that real snipers don't use like at the top of a stadium you know getting ready for overwatch of the football game that night well i mean a lot of the people that do do this in real life they talk about that they would never take a shot unstable I mean I know in our games that we do that that's part of it but they would never really take a shot that is completely unstable and so they do use their tripod a lot exactly like you know in the middle of the match I may you know send it with Jesus and hope that I hit that uh you know that 12 inch (laughs) steel square and if I miss then I hit the big you know 40 foot berm in front of 12 miles of nothingness but like you know if i'm in a situation i'm not going to send it with jesus and hope i hit it in between the nun and the pregnant lady's head and don't hit the kid behind and hit the bad guy yeah and and to that you know to that point i mean real world application i mean we do we do do a lot of military purchases and the sad part about that is is a lot of it is is it's personal purchases gear that these guys are having to purchase on their own to be able to use and utilize on deployments and during training and stuff like that and it's those guys don't have the biggest budgets in the world they're not getting paid big money to do what they have to do so they want gear that works that they can trust and you know is affordable at the end of the day because i mean affordability is is huge i mean uh, a sergeant isn't going to want to spend you know twelve fifteen hundred dollars on a setup or or even you know buy a two hundred dollar setup that they're not sure if it's going to work or not and that's part of where you know if somebody has a problem with one of our tripods i mean i am very expedient to try to take care of it and i want to make sure at the end of the day that they're happy 
with what they got and that we can fix a problem quickly. I mean, I've had video chats with people fixing tripods. I mean, I've had emails back and forth, sending pictures, text messages, FaceTimes. I mean, you name it. I, I've done it because stuff does break. But when it breaks, it's how you handle it, is, in my opinion, is what separates you. Exactly. You know, not, nothing is unbreakable. Um, you know, even with your guys' first tripods, you've kind of, I, I don't know of anybody that's broke one. And, you know, people are always quick to, you know, nobody will say, oh, hey, by the way, I bought this scope four years ago and it still works. But people definitely let you know the second one, oh, I bought this four years ago and I dropped it off of the back of, a, of an alpaca. And uh, when it hit the rock, it broke in half. Yep. And, and it happens. I mean, like I said, Chris Way, I mean, that dude can break. I'm not joking anything. I mean, anything. But it's people like that that help me. You know, if it's a real world use and you say, hey, man, I, I've been running this thing for three weeks. I got dust, dirt, grime, rocks. My kid took the leg out and poured some concrete mix up top. And then I threw it in the pool. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, that type of that that type of feedback and when i get honest feedback that's how i can proceed forward and luckily i mean we've had stupid stuff break i mean like just you know collar inserts or you know guides inside of tripods that are wearable parts but we take care of it very fast they're very easy to work on you don't need to send it back to me and you know at the end of the day i mean it's just we try to do quick expedient service to make sure the customer's happy with their purchase. I mean, it goes on so much more than when you just buy a, you know, you buy your tripod. That's awesome. How do you think tripods have changed the sport of PRS, NRL Hunter, like all of those? How do you think, what effect has the tripod had? So in the PRS side, I think, I think it offers a lot more gaming, but I think there's a huge advantage of more people carry tripods, which allows them to spot and use and check wind and check misses and check targets and, and, and basically in a way help them progress further. Because if you're a shooter and I've done this when I've been in a bad mindset, you know, if you're a shooter and you're upset and you just sit down and then you go up to your next stage, you're not benefiting yourself any versus having a tripod, having your glass on top, you shoot, you sit there, you watch, you learn from your mistakes. I mean, one of the greatest things going back to Morgan is I watched Morgan shoot and I watched the way he ran a stage after I ran a stage. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to try this or, oh, I'm going to use this piece of gear because maybe this will give me a little bit of advantage. So it's always searching for that advantage. But for the NRL, I mean, I'll give you an instance. I mean, if you go out West and you got brush and it's 36 inches high, a bipod really doesn't do you too much good. So it's opening up a lot of opportunities for, you know, MDs, I mean, shooters, there's, it's just opening up a whole world to pretty much everybody from the hunter to the PRS shooter. I mean, I think it brings a lot of advantage to have one strapped on the side of your pack. Yeah. I was about to say ever, ever since I've gotten mine, like it's, it's my, it's, it's my office. I can't, I can't like go to a match without it. I, I need it. Even if I'm not, well, especially if I'm not shooting and I'm spending all day on glass and I definitely need it, but you know, you just keep coming up with uses and uses and uses for it. And all of a sudden without it, you're like, I, I don't know what to do. So I had, I had a friend of mine, he sent me a picture. He actually, 
he was at the range and it wasn't a covered range and he had a cover in his truck bed and he had an eight foot bed. He actually took his tripod and he had a, a decked uh, truck bed in the back. So he couldn't really utilize his bipod. So he took his tripod, he laid down in the back of his truck and extended the one leg out and the two legs back. And he was able to shoot basically with a modified bipod out of the back of his truck without getting wet. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's, I mean, they, I don't know. Ever since I started, I mean, essentially selling tripods, I mean, there's a lot of use and application. I see a lot of people that carry them and don't use them in a shooting aspect and carry them and think that shooting off them is going to be the easiest thing in the world. And then I can watch a match and see who utilizes them and who uses them all the time, because it does, it boils down to us for points. If you're on a stage that has 10 points and you miss whatever nine of them and you get one off of a tripod versus getting, you know, whatever, eight, eight hits and two misses. I mean, that's, that's exponential for you as far as, you know, the point system goes and means you can win or lose. It's a big deal to me to have my own tripod because I didn't for years. Um, but I'm shorter than half the squad. So I can't, I mean, people are very nice and they'll move their tripod down, but you don't want to go ask somebody, Hey, can you move your tripod down so I can see the targets? And then they're like, okay. And they'll move it down, but then they have to move it back up. You know, it, it was difficult for me. I felt bad going and asking people to move their tripod and I wasn't going to move somebody's tripod myself. So it, I didn't see a lot through glass because unless there was a short person on the squad, um, then I, I really struggled. I mean, I'd stand on my pump pillow and on my tiptoes on my pump pillow, trying to like see through the binos to be able to find the target. So when I got my own and I could like set it up and yes, I have little bitty nothing binos that everybody laughs at, but I don't care. I can still see the targets. Um, I can just stand behind it and I can, I can watch trace. I can watch wind, all that on glass myself. Uh, and it made a huge difference. I did not realize how much difference it was going to make to have my own tripod, my own glass going to a match and being able to just watch and learn through glass. Um, because, you know, for a while I was like, oh, I'm not going to use it as rear support that much. If I do, I'll borrow somebody's, you know, and, and I thought that for a long time. But I would say that a tripod is probably one of the single most things that has helped improve my game because I could watch through glass. I could watch the wind. I could watch other people shoot. I could sit there and watch four shooters all miss off the left. And I'd say, huh, I need to hold a little bit more right than what everybody's saying because everyone is hammering a hole off the left side of the target. So those are things that I couldn't see before just peeking through somebody's glass for a minute to find the target. So uh, if, you, if somebody doesn't have a tripod, I would encourage them to get one for that if no other reason. If, even if they say there's no reason for me to shoot off of it, you know, I don't need it for rear support. Just to be able to watch to me is valuable. Yeah. And I mean, even, even you know, going over the hunting aspect, I mean, we have a lot of guys and customers that use them for, you know, sitting in the ground blind, sitting in a shoot house. Um, we've sold quite a few tripods to, and I even have a friend of mine that is, you know, a wounded veteran that is missing his legs and missing one of his arms. And it's helped him be able to do things that he normally otherwise wouldn't be able to do. So it does, it opens up avenues for people to have advantages. I mean, there's a lot of, 
you know, there's a lot of uses and applications to them. And, and if you have one and you utilize it and you're carrying it and you're, you know, watching other shooters out there, I mean, you can find different ways to essentially make a tripod useful and applicable for what you're doing. I agree. Yep. So the other side of the question, how has the sport changed tripods? So, you know, weight wise, you know, stability, I mean, there, there's, there's many different things, but like, you know, the NRL has definitely opened up and kind of tailored us to what we want to do with our next models. Um, you know, something as easy as, you know, opening up, you know, matches out West. So a, now we got more guys flying, we got more guys transporting their tripods. And then we have to be concerned about weight because we want to make a lighter weight tripod for that type of application. So it's ever evolving and adapting to fit the shooter's needs for their application. And that's where we as a company, that feedback that we were talking about, that's super important because it helps us realize which way, which pathway we want to move. Because I could hire somebody and I could say, hey, you know, you've been a shooter for 30 years, you know, you tell me what you want and what he wants might be different than what the other 30 shooters want. So we kind of listen and figure out which path we need to go at the end of the day. But yeah, it does. As the sport grows and the sport changes, we're going to figure out a way to modify with it so that we can meet the needs of every shooter and what they're looking for. So yeah, like a, a good example to me would be um, tripods like the QDT and other similar ones that are uh, just one collar, you know, yep. section like those all kind of seem to appear very quickly after uh, Mr. Shannon K decided to say all tripods must be completely deployed on a on the clock during the PRS finale. So yeah, it's meeting the needs. It's it, it's part of it is, is it's meeting the needs of shooters but it just for us it's not it's not just the the prs it's the you know the guys that go out coyote hunting the guys that are basically you know i mean everything some of these guys that coyote hunt they get out of their vehicle and they're setting and trying to look and shoot as fast as possible so you know from that aspect or i mean quickly deploying to a seated position quickly deploying to a kneeling position you know, quickly deploying to a standing position. I mean, all those was essentially part of that progression, you know. You know Caleb bought, out, bought up another good point that um, a tripod's a good way to help, a, you know, get a younger shooter shooting because the rifle might not fit him well. Um, he said he's actually folded his stock before and had the kids just mess with the rifle because it's fully supported on the tripod. They're not going to drop it. They're not going to do anything. You know, you set your tension in there where they just kind of got to move it around and work on that. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, that's a really good avenue for, you know, to kind of get your kids involved in the sport. I mean, I got two daughters and the thing for me is, is I'm sure anybody that has kids, it's you, you want them to, try new things and explore and find something they're passionate about. And if they're banging steel off what a 22 rifle at hundred yards and they're able and capable, I mean, they're going to have fun. And if they're having fun, they're going to love what they do. If they're not having fun, they're never going to want to do it again. So. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Let's see. I'm trying to see if we have any other lives in here. It's lagging a second. <clears throat> 
I saw one for uh, any high angle real world suitable situation. The tripod is very oh, okay. That was just kind of a viable option. Yep. And then uh, back, that was back when we were talking about, you know, if there's real, real world uses. Uh, Christopher also said we absolutely use tripods to the point that sniper students now have to qual qualify off of tripods. Yep. And that's, and we've, that's been a huge part of what we do. I mean, and even those guys, I mean, we take the feedback and that's part of, you know, that's part of like where even the kit came in. The kit came in from, you know, guys that wanted a little bit more small, a little bit more compact, but had the full height and had the lightweight of, you know, a tripod that they can carry around and isn't going to be a hindrance to them. So, mm -hmm. I mean, something as simple as why we don't use flip latches to regular collars you know, or changing our collars from a half turn to a quarter turn twist locks. I mean, those are things that at the end of the day, it's, it's adapting to the needs of the shooter. Yep. And it's just those little, little things, you know, that set one above the other. Yeah. I mean, our ratcheting ear tabs. I mean, I think that's something that at the end of the day, we're going to do a YouTube video on it, but um, that's something that you typically don't get within the price point. And that's a huge, to me, that that's, that's a huge factor of being able to deploy on the clock quickly mm -hmm. <laughs> so dan what upcoming matches do you have or projects or goals for two bets like what area of the country are you shooting in anyway so i'm actually going out to um i'm going out to virginia for a guardian and then i'm going out to north carolina for one of the sniper matches out there uh, i believe it's a real world sniper going out there and then we're going to be going out to Arkansas for uh, one of the challenges for the national guard, for the sniper, um, for the sniper association. So we're, you know, I'll be shooting, I'll be shooting in the real world sniper, which I'm very excited about at GTI. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. Not the most phenomenal shooter in the world, but um, I'm going to have fun and going to explore GTI. I mean, I've heard GTI is like the ultimate training facility. It, so it is, and it's about 40 minutes from us. Oh, so we might have to get together. I'd say we're gonna have to meet up for a beer or something at some point in time while you're in time for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, you, what's that? Is, Sorry, is it the Guardian one you're coming to? I'm going to the the Guardian one October 9th. I, I believe it's the Guardian one uh, out in Virginia. What's the one that's at GTI then? Uh, sniper chat. Oh, hold on. Sniper's unknown. Yeah, Sniper's unknown. My apologies. Okay. Yeah, that's the one that I'll be going to. When is that? The twenty. I think the date's wrong. The twenty second or twenty third. Oh, let me see. I can tell you. It's in October. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it's gonna be. It's going to be pretty exciting. Cool. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, so, I mean, as far as shooting, I mean, I, I haven't been able to sort of to actually, they're doing uh, match fundamentals class of 22nd. We'll be shooting the 23rd and 24th, but I haven't shot as much as I'd like to this year. Um, it's been kind of like a crazy year, you know, between running a business, you know, raising two little girls and, you know, I mean, my grandmother, long story short, had some health issues for the last like year and a half that were pretty scary. So, um, trying not to travel very far because family is, you know, pretty important to me, but now that we're getting more stable, 
uh, we're going to start opening it up and doing a little bit more traveling and letting people see, you know, tripods in person and play with them and kind of utilize them and see what works best for them. So I'm excited about it. That's awesome. So as far as um, I'll answer the other side of that question, as far as projects, I mean, we have a couple of tripods in the works um, working on ahead and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's just, it's taking a little longer than I, than I would like, but I mean, I'm one man band trying to, trying to basically move through the process. So it's uh, yeah. It's a good Are you gonna precision rifle expo. No, I won't be there. Um, I it's, it's kind of hard to try. It's hard for me to travel. So when I do get an opportunity to travel, I kind of have to, you know, pick and, and adjust my schedule to meet the needs. But I mean, eventually we'll be doing a lot more traveling and going places um, that I can go, but it's, it's very, it's very difficult. I have to play the work-life balance um, and it's, it's hard. Cause I mean, I've, I've been to a point where I've answered my phone at, I mean, 11 o'clock at night, uh, and it, it's, it's tough on, tough on my personal life, but I mean, I love what I do and I want to be there for people. So. I feel you there. My work phone's gone off three times during the show so far. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's hard. I mean, I, I've always prided myself on customer service and I, you know, it's, that's what it, I'll always offer the best customer service. And when I do hire somebody and if I ever hire anybody to answer the phone, I mean, I'll make sure that I have that same quality of customer service as I, I expect for every customer to have when they call us. So that's awesome though. Greg, do we have any more lives? I'm loading those up now. We are good. Cool. Uh, I think we can wind it down to shout outs then. Go ahead, you start. I'd say this is a part where uh, Jen says, Greg, you normally go first. <laughs> All right, I'd like to start off uh, GSL suppressors. This really awesome thing here on the end of my little 22 makes it super, super quiet. Uh, <clears throat> um, shooters and sharpshooters of Augusta are local indoor and outdoor ranges. PDC Custom, the most beautiful rifle chassis known to man, available in lime green and normal human colors. Uh, shooters, shooters World Powder, it's over that way, you can't see it. Um, <laughs> That makes all my pews go boom. Hunter's HD Gold, you can halfway see the banner up there, um, but they help my blind butt see. And Fix-It Sticks. Um, I break stuff all the time, and then I can fix it with my Fix-It Sticks, and they're really cool. Um, if you want one, hit me up. I got a cool discount code and all that good jazz for you, too. <laughs> Dan, do you have any shout-outs? No, I, 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 think that's, I think that's it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to shout you out for coming and spending what almost two hours of your Tuesday night with us to do the show. We appreciate you coming on for sure. And by all means, if there's anything that we can do to help get the word out about two vets, just let us know. Sounds good. We'll I share. If you need stuff shared, let us know and we'll be glad to help get the word out. Hopefully we'll get to see you at a match or when you come here to GTI. Um, pretty close to that. So yeah. We'll have to get together when I come to GTI. I'll be looking forward to that. So definitely that'll be fun. That'll be good. So with that, it'll be a wrap for episode 351. And we will see you guys next week. <laughs>